Oregon has chosen who their real citizens are, and it ain't the taxpayers. I have a story about something that is horrific, graphic, and probably happening a hell of a lot more than we think. And the American Library Association has released a list of their 10 most banned books that really technically aren't banned. Um, let's go over some of them. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope you're ready for the weekend. I know I am. I know Josie is. So we'll see what's happening this weekend. Now, a little FYI, uh, a bunch of videos are coming out. I have decided to do them more often now, and it's basically because I enjoy editing them. I also am probably looking into setting up live uh, live chats on or live commentary on Rumble. Um, I decided to give it a shot, maybe see what it's like. I'm probably going to run a test this week just to see what it's about. So be stay tuned for that but right now there are at least three new videos including a ghost video which everyone seems to like those ghost videos those have actually been the my most popular and now i'm cruising youtube and rumble looking for ghost videos and uh right now it looks like i'm gonna have to do a lot more of those because they people seem to love i love them i love the ghost videos uh i've got a ghost video that i'm setting up right now that is actually just one video and it's a little creepy it's japanese so you know it's a little creepy so we're going to take a look at that one that should be out next week but if you want to see what's going on go ahead take a look most of this stuff not much political commentary not much news just weird crap i found find on twitter and on youtube Okay, so today is our um, leftovers episode, things that I didn't get a chance to talk about. Uh, and these are things that I really did want to talk about. Unfortunately, getting married kind of got in the way. So let's get to it. So our first story, the rights of, this, of the homeless is really getting out of control in blue states. And a lot of people are sitting back and saying, well, this is the problem when you have states like California, Washington, New York, um, New York, California, that are one-party states, Democrat only. You couldn't find a Republican for your life in California. All right. Well, here's the problem. They feel like they're going to do whatever they want to do, and they don't give a rat's ass about their actual citizens. You know, the citizens that are productive members of society, that pay taxes, that work for businesses, that keep everything going. And then these blue states are absolutely shocked when everyone starts leaving. California, for example, I was talking to my buddy. California, which keeps talking about diversity, and California that is talking about um, giving reparations to black people, right? That's what's happening in California. Well, my buddy, who is a former captain of the fire department and black, sat back and said, well, do you know what the black population is in, in Los Angeles? I said, well, probably 14, 15, 16 percent. He goes, no, it's dropped down to 7 percent. You know why? They're leaving Los Angeles. Black people are leaving Los Angeles. He says, yeah, California is losing um, is losing 
minorities, especially uh, black people, because now the Hispanics are, are coming over and California has decided to cater to Hispanics and the illegal aliens. And now black people are saying, we're not getting anything. So they leave, they're leaving. They're going to other states. And he said a lot of them are going to Texas, even though he doesn't understand why Texas. Well, go to Texas. You'll probably figure it out. Well, according to The Blaze, an Oregon bill called the Right to Rest Act would decriminalize camping in public places and give homeless people the ability to treat property, like tents, as private residences, even when they're on public sidewalks. HB 3501 asserts that homeless people would be entitled to, quote, a privacy interest and reasonable expectation of privacy in any property belonging to the person, regardless of whether the property is located in a public space, end quote, K-A-T-U said, adding that means they can treat public spaces like private residences, quote, without discrimination and time limitations that are based on housing status, end quote. The station added that the homeless people can also sue for up to $1,000 if they are, quote, swept, told to relocate, or otherwise, quote, harassed, end quote, as per the bill, end quote. Jimmy Jones, executive director of the Mid-Williamette Valley Community Action Agency, told KKA, that, quote, most of the advocate community in the state really wants to establish a constitutional right to exist. And I'm very sympathetic with the, this, that position because I don't believe that when people lose their housing, they lose their legal constitutional rights. Okay, question for you. Does that mean these people are going, that, that built, set a tent up on a sidewalk are going to be paying privacy, uh, property taxes? Because the state's property taxes are about 1%, and everyone has to pay them. And by about 1%, about 0.86, 0. 0.87%, uh, Oregon doesn't have uh, huge property taxes. Shouldn't the homeless have to pay property taxes on land that they, quote, own, end quote? Because that's basically what the state's saying. Those sidewalks, those parks, those are property that is being maintained by the um, public through taxes. Shouldn't, shouldn't these people have to pay taxes? The other thing I want to point out, this includes sidewalks, mind you. This is where they're really focusing on is sidewalks. Sidewalks are in front of businesses. Sidewalks are in front of homes. What about the constitutional rights or the um, standard of living of the people that actually do pay for their homes? And that actually do pay for tax. What about their constitutional rights? Don't they get any? Does that mean I can squat anywhere in Oregon right now and and just, hey, there I am. And and F you, pay me $1,000. And by the way, that's another thing. Very broad description if they're harassed or they're swept away. Okay, what does that mean? Does that mean I own a business, some asshole parks his, his tent in front of my business, starts pissing on my doors, and if I go out there and say, you can't do that, that's harassment, and he can sue me for $1,000? Is that what you're talking about? You know, these laws are always kept uh, purposely vague. Harassment can be something as simple as, hey, what the hell are you doing in front of my property? 
So yeah, that's a, that's an interesting thing. The other thing is, you know what? I'm sick and tired of hearing uh, the constitutional right of the homeless. Here's a newsflash. There is no constitutional right to be homeless. There is a constitutional right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But it seems like the homeless are getting in the way of my rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness when they park their fucking tents right in front of my business. Or they park their fucking tents right in front of my house. Just because it's on the sidewalk. By the way, here's another newsflash. Who's responsible for the sidewalk in front of a home? There is precedent that already says the person that's responsible for the sidewalk in front of a home is the homeowner. So what happens if Johnny Lazyass, who doesn't want to doesn't want to get a job and doesn't want to live in a home or become a productive member of society, trips on the sidewalk? Does he does that mean he can actually sue the homeowner? The reality is that's exactly what it means. But you know, go for it, Oregon. Keep doing this. You guys are already losing. Walmart's, Bed Bath & Beyond has moved. Starbucks has moved out. Uh, the population is shrinking up there. Half the state wants to belong to Idaho. Go for it. Keep doing this. Because eventually people are going to get sick of it. I don't know when. I mean, we look at Chicago. They keep voting for these dumbasses. All right, now this is a this is a very disturbing graphic story, and I'm going to read the whole thing. This is from the Post Millennial. Now, if you're a parent, you should really be upset about this. If you're not a parent, if you're a regular person, you should also be very upset about this. Because it's about what our country is doing to our children through this transing thing. And it's disgusting. And I'll go a step further here. I'm going to make this statement right now. This is happening more than we know. Now, this is a very interesting issue. Why this came out now, I don't know. Except that it might be for Europe to explain some things. All right, so let's start it. Again, this is from the Post Millennial. I'm going to read the entire article. A 2016 medical article documenting the tragic death of one of the participants in the linchpin Dutch study upon which the entire child sex change experiment is based indicates that puberty suppression has uh, was to blame for the young person's death. Now, we're going it, to it's more than just puberty suppression. Okay? It's the whole ball of wax. It's the puberty suppression it's the sex change itself because this kid went under a sex change. Now, again, the reason I'm bringing this story up is this is happening to our children right now in this country. Okay, so let's continue with the story. And by the way, this is one of the reasons why that procedures like this are not allowed on children in Europe. I think that's one of the reasons why this study was leaked. Okay, or this, this example was leaked. <coughs> Continuing. The case is that of an 18-year-old trans-identified male, which means he's a man, uh, whose puberty was blocked by, a Dutch, by the Dutch researchers at a very early age, meaning 
there wasn't enough penile, I'm sorry, yes, he is a man, wasn't enough penile tissue for surgeons to use to create a neo-vagina. Therefore, a more risky procedure using a section of the patient's bowel was necessary, which resulted in fatal necronizing fasciitis. Now, right off the bat, we see how bad puberty blockers are. And right off the bat, we see that this changing a man to a woman is very dangerous. The manuscript by Negenborn et al. begins by saying that the absence of a functional vagina has a negative effect on the sexual quality of life of a transgender woman and explains that multiple surgical procedures have been described for vaginal reconstruction in these patients. The patient is described as being a healthy 18-year-old for whom standard vaginoplasty surgery was, quote, not feasible, end quote, due to having underdeveloped genitals as a result of puberty suppression. Quote, transgender women with early-onset gender dysphoria treated with puberty-suppressing hormones report fewer behavioral and emotional problems and an improvement of a general function of general functioning readers are assured to this point okay here's the problem that's bullshit that's absolute bullshit there are no studies because we are doing this to our children right now there are no long-term studies as a matter of fact some of the studies you can point to for example what john money did to his two cho- to the two children that he got to experiment on was a complete failure. There and by, and by the way, in this article, there is no discussion of what studies they're talking about. We just started giving puberty blockers to children. And every study that they have shown is flawed. For example, they'll start with giving puberty blockers and then six months later, the kid will say, yeah, I'm great. I don't feel like suicide or anything. Okay, that's not a study. That's not a long-term study. What about five years from now? What about 10 years from now? That's the study we need to look at. We don't have any. Because we don't have a mass amount of puberty blocker case studies that have gone that long because this whole thing just started. Continuing with this uh, article, major complications began within 24 hours of the surgery and necrotizing fasciitis was confirmed in the days that followed. Despite large doses of intravenous antibiotics and repeated surgical debridement, the previously healthy patient went into multiple organ failure and died. Once again, after this harrowing account of a young person's needless death, the researchers assured the reader that, quote, vaginal reconstruction, end quote, has a positive influence on the quality of life of, quote, non-transgender and transgender women, end quote, but cautions that physicians and patients need to be aware of serious complications that may arise. Well, yeah, here's the question. Are they actually telling the patients and the parents of these severe complications? We know they're not doing that in the United States. Okay, so basically, just let's get an overview here. They took a piece of this kid's intestines to create a fake dick so that they could split that dick and create a fake vagina. That's what they did so far. And then he ended up with 
uh, he ended up with this, what is it called? Necro, um, with this necrotizing fasciitis. All right. I didn't even give you to the ugly part of this yet. Continuing, the investigation into the person's death revealed that the deadly strain of E. coli was likely came from the patient's own intestines, not from the hospital setting, meaning that the more risky vaginoplasty surgery necessary due to the early puberty suppression almost certainly caused the fatality. Okay, so in other words... He had shit in his uh, in his intestine. That led to E. coli poisoning, and so when they started binding that fake penis and cutting the fake penis into a fake vagina, he ended up getting an infection, E. coli infection, and dying. Hey, that sounds awesome, doesn't it? Okay, now this get, this is where things get really good. Dr. Michael Biggs, a sociologist who played a key role in exposing the scandal that unfolded at the soon-to-be-closed Tavistock Gender Clinic in London, spoke of the tragic case in a recent interview on the Wider Lens podcast. Now, I want to point something out. He's a sociologist. He's not a medical doctor. Why is that important? Why isn't there a medical doctor saying something here? I mean, I, I'm glad he brought this up. I really am. Okay, but he's a sociologist. Where are the medical doctors sitting here and saying, hey, this is a bad idea? Taking someone's shit-filled uh, intestine, trying to create a fake penis out of it so that it can we can actually cut it apart and make a fake uh, vagina is probably not a good idea. Where are those doctors? Those medical doctors? Why do the sociologists have to bring this up? Okay, continuing. Biggs noted that while early puberty suppression for boys who experience childhood onset gender dysphoria has the advantage of creating more feminine appearance in adulthood, the major disadvantage is that the penis remains that of a small boy making vaginoplasty much riskier. Now, this is why I'd like a medical doctor here. Because here's another question. I mean, what are the physical problems with puberty suppression? For example, um, what about making the kid sterile? What about making this life-changing decision before puberty? What are the long-term effects? Now, here's the thing. Like I said earlier, we don't have any studies for long-term effects. But considering, one... That Lupron is one of the drugs used, and Lupron is used in chemical castration of criminals. And two, we already know that things like um, brittle bone disease, and things like heart problems, and things like sterilization, we already know those do exist. Why isn't a doctor saying, hey, it's not that hey, it's it's not there are these other physical problems by doing this. This is the problem this article has, and even this Biggs has, who's a sociologist again, is that they don't mention there are major issues doing this. And he still mentions, well, I mean, it's a good thing, sort of. It has shown that these people are happier because they look more like a girl. Now, of course, what the sociologist doesn't explain because he's a sociologist, not a medical doctor, is 
Yeah, but what if the kid changes his mind at 16? What if the kid changes his mind at 18? What if the kid wants a child at 24? What happens then? That's not discussed. Even from the post-millennial, which I was hoping they'd do that. Continuing, quote, instead of using a penile tissue, they will have to use some of their colon, explained Biggs. Quote, now, of course, that means opening up your intestines, and that's obviously much, much, much riskier because then you have a different site of, of, and, of course, intestines are also messy, end quote. Biggs went on to say that the Dutch team do not acknowledge that the young person's death was not due to a random hospital infection, but rather as an indirect consequence of puberty suppression. No, it's, it's, it's everything. It's the puberty suppression. It's the gender transition surgery. It's, it's everything. This kid was doomed. Now, the, the article continues. Jazz Jennings, the star of the reality show I Am Jazz, faced a similar issue when it came to for genital surgery. Jazz Jennings is an extremely gender nonconforming child who would almost certainly have grown up to be gay, a gay man, but was instead transitioned at a very young age. Jennings' puberty was also blocked very early, meaning standard vaginoplasty was not possible. Jennings required three corrective surgeries, still struggles in the dating world, and has never experienced an orgasm. Jazz Jennings, also what they don't mention in this article, also suffered from extreme weight gain. Jazz Jennings weighs, weighs over 200 pounds right now. Also suffered from major depression, including identity disorder. She doesn't know, he doesn't know who he is. And of course, the mother was the one that did this. The mother was the one who transitioned this kid, made this kid into a celebrity. This mother should be in prison. No, I'll go a step further. This mother should be executed. She is a terrible human being. Terrible, terrible human being. And now Jazz Jennings is having nothing but issues, both emotionally, mentally, and physically. One of the complaints Jazz Jennings is having, believe it or not, is that she, her, his, excuse me, his, quote, vagina, end quote, keeps closing up. And he refuses to go in and use the um, vibrator or whatever thing he used to shove up his fake vagina to keep it open. He refuses to do that. His mother is actually bitching about that. Why? Why does his fake vagina keep closing? Because his He's healing because he doesn't, he's not a woman. He can't have a vagina. It's a hole where his penis used to be. And his hole where his penis used to be keeps trying to heal. And in order to keep trying to, in order to stop it from keeping trying to heal, you have to take a metal rod, stick it up that fake hole and break it again. And create another wound. Fake vaginas, fake penises. They're not real vaginas. They're not real penises. They are wounds. Wounds that the body tries to heal. Of course, the mom 
uh, on her on the I am jazz doesn't want that actually published doesn't want that filmed where she's complaining about the kid having to stick up an iron rod up up his vagina hole or whatever you want to call it because that will make it look bad maybe that would have been a mistake by the way it was a mistake the article concludes dr marcy bowers jennings surgeon jennings surgeon and president of the world professional association for transgender health all of that is a contradiction by the way there's no such thing as transgender health is on the record saying that all boys who have puberty blocked early will never experience orgasm. Wow, that seems like that's kind of an important thing to bring up, right? You'll never have an you'll never have an, uh, an orgasm. Maybe that should have been brought up. I wonder if it is. Okay, I don't wonder. It's not. Which surely casts doubts on the Duchess researchers' conclusion that, quote, vaginal reconstruction has a positive influence on the quality of life in transgender women, end quote. So, the DOJ just opened a lawsuit against um, Tennessee. This happened yesterday. Yesterday or day before yesterday. That would ban transgender surgeries on anyone under 18. So Nashville basically said, listen, you, you can't go through, you can't inject drugs into your body. You can't um, have surgeries mutilating your breasts or mutilating your genitalia. It's illegal. Can't do it. Wait till you're 18, which by the way, used to be the law. And the Department of Justice under Joe Biden is saying, no, we need to keep move forward on this. Truly, truly, truly disgusting. Truly disgusting. And I'm sorry. I'll go to the, I'll go to the dam with this one. I'll, I'll fight on this one. I think this is wrong. I think this is just this is all just unholy stuff. And I can't believe it's happening in this country. And and people who don't like this or fight against it are being suppressed. Matt Walsh was banned from YouTube. Basically demonetized YouTube because he is one of the leading fighters against this trans movement. Michael Knowles has been banned on YouTube more than once for fighting against this stuff. I can't say this on YouTube. I used to post my podcasts on YouTube. I can't do that anymore. I'm already, I've already got three strikes on me. I don't even know if I can post on YouTube anymore. And I'm a little guy. I'm not Matt Walsh or Michael Knowles. I can't fight against YouTube. Just disgusting. Okay, so, yeah, we're not going to get through everything. You'll Listen, uh, I wanted to talk about Elon Musk and his flight to um, his test flight that has been widely condemned on the media, by the media, that they said, oh, what a horrid failure. Um, but I'm not going to get to that. I'm already 30 minutes into this. So I'll, I'll just get to this because, no, I will talk about that. We'll talk about book banning next week. But last week, I'm sure you heard that Elon Musk launched his first starship. Now, this starship was 400 feet high, 400 feet tall, millions of tons in weight, 400 feet tall. It's a skyscraper. 
It's the size of a sky. It's 40 stories tall. And so basically, this launch was supposed to be a test for a ship that they're going to launch in the future to get us back to the moon to actually colonize the moon and eventually get us to Mars. So this was a test flight. There was there were no people on board. Uh, the thing blasted off successfully. It got up. It got up about 24 miles into the air and then it started losing control. And essentially what ended up happening is there is uh, a couple of engines failed. That's one. The second thing that happened, and they're still investigating. The second thing that happened was that the separation mechanism, that failed. And that was the big problem. The ship, the uh, rocket booster could not separate from the actual starship. And then it blew up. Okay, blew up 24 miles in the sky. Now, the media, of course, this is Elon Musk, right? So, Elon Musk is a bad guy. So, everyone's making fun of Elon Musk because he, uh, because everything blew up. Oh, it's a failure. Elon Musk is a failure. Well, that wasn't the truth. And, of course, the government's getting into it. The government has sent the EPA, the FAA. There are a bunch of people out there now because the thing blew up. And so now they're saying, well, now uh, SpaceX can't do anything now until we find out the environmental impact. By the way, it blew up over the ocean. It, no, no environmental impact. Okay. So Elon Musk is being harassed. He's being mocked. And here's the whole trick. And Elon Musk said it himself. The, the blast-off was a success. It was a success. They didn't expect this thing to even get off the platform. They expected this thing to blow up on the platform. They thought maybe we did a good enough job. Maybe it'll blast off. But there is a 50% chance it's going to blow up. Because nothing like this has ever been attempted before. And when the thing actually lifted, SpaceX was already celebrating. And when it got 24 miles in, air, in the air and it blew up, then they were like, ah, shit. We were hoping to get all the way through the mission. It didn't quite make it. Now, one of the reasons that a lot of people think this was a huge failure, I thought it was a failure, too. But I also thought the mission was a little different. A lot of people thought that the ship, the rocket booster itself, was going to land on a platform like every every other ship. Like every other successful test that, that SpaceX has done. And they were expecting that the Starship itself was also going to land on a platform. Like every other successful test that SpaceX has done. And by the way, they weren't always successful. Sometimes it landed on the platform... Sometimes it didn't make it. Sometimes it landed not quite on the platform and it tipped over. There were failures then too. No, this thing was supposed to actually crash into the ocean. So the only thing this didn't this thing did not do successfully was separate and crash into the ocean. The thing was a complete success. SpaceX is thrilled. Now they're just investigating on how to make things better. 
So why am I bringing this story up? Because you probably heard this already. I'm bringing this thing up is because there seems to be this need to denigrate anybody who is successful and anybody who does not believe in the same things you do. Elon Musk is not a conservative. Elon Musk is actually a little right, right of, a left of center. He's actually more of a liberal, more of a classical, classical liberal. I'm sure he's becoming conservative as he's getting ripped apart left and right. But he is a classical liberal. And we should be celebrating this whole thing, but everyone is looking for a way to destroy this guy. Even his successes we got to make into, these people have to make into failures. This was a fantastic feat of engineering that he did. And you know something? Yes, he failed, but failure, that's how it works. The other thing is, let's look at what happened before we landed on the moon. We'll get to all those guys who keep screaming we never landed on the moon in a second. Okay. But look at what all of the failures uh, before we landed on the moon that happened. How many times we were in space just circling the, the earth and how many failures happened there? How many times people walked, did spacewalks and the failures that happened? I mean, they're on YouTube. You can look at them. One of the reasons I believe we landed on the moon is because we failed dozens of times, maybe hundreds of times before we actually made it to the moon. People died. I think it was, there were dozens of people that died before we actually got to the moon. And this is not a secret. And Elon Musk said the same thing. That, hey, yeah, we're going to have failures. That's how it works. We minimize the failure. We try not to, to kill people. But, that's, but we are going to fail. This was a successful failure. We succeeded in doing what we wanted to do. We succeeded further than we thought we were going to succeed. And we did fail, but at least we can learn from that failure and the next launch of the next ship will be more successful than this one. And then finally, we'll launch it. The entire mission will be successful. That's how this works. Now, there seems this moon thing. Why do we need failure? Well, there's, there's this need to make the United States into something that it's not. To make the United States into a terrible place. To make the United States not the leader in technology. Not the leader of innovation. There is that... People do feel the need to do that. I mean, we never landed on the moon. You, you ask someone why we didn't land on the moon. That everything was a... Everything was a um, was fake, fixed. The and by the way, we know that's not true because that's a conspiracy theory. We know it's not true because you would have thought the thousands of people that worked on the space, uh, the space project, someone would have said it's fake. No one has openly said it was fake. And these people, they look for pictures. They look at pictures and they try and find one that proves something. For example, the, the, one of the pictures, well, they're on the moon. Where are the stars? It's all black in the back. Where are all the stars? Which 
by the way, if these guys were actually faking a mo- and and stars were an issue, don't you think they would have put the stars out there? Of course, the the reason is the moon is so bright, stars are not going to be visible. It's the same reason you can only see about one percent or half a percent of the sky night sky in Los Angeles because there are too many lights. You just can't see it. But these guys keep searching for a reason to say we never did it. It was all a conspiracy. It was all a trick. We don't have the technology. Well, we do. We landed about five. We, we, and they say, oh, space race against the Russians. Well, I mean, we beat the Russians on Apollo um, Apollo 11 or whatever, whichever one it was. Uh, why did we need the other seven Apollo missions? No one talks about that. That's something I ask them straightforward. Um, we already beat the Russians. Why did we need the other seven missions? And if we were doing this, why was Apollo 13 such a disaster? Yeah, no one mentions that. No one argues that. They they have no answer to that. I mean, Apollo 13 should have been able to land on the moon if it was all fake. It wasn't fake. That's the reality. Well, this is what it is. We have Americans that hate America and they want us to fail. Elon Musk is the epitome of America uh, know-how, and they want him to fail because America can't have that know-how. You know who can have that now know-how? China. So, to, in conclusion, I want to congratulate Elon Musk. I want to congratulate Elon Musk on a wonderful trip, on a wonderful um, marvel of innovation that America should be proud of. Okay, I hope you folks have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. This is Gene. God bless you all. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.